kinds of regulation. Um, there's, you know, regulating for economic and social outcomes. So, for example, the big issue around OTTs in the rest of the world and most recently in India where they got um, a billion signatures or something for a, a petition to try and ban um, Facebook um, Free Basics, um, which is the Facebook um, zero kind of product. Um, basically, you know, there, that has been around their zero rating of those products. So um, mobile companies enter into a relationship with a platform or an app or something, or Facebook, for example. And in order to attract customers, they um, offer that package, that free basics package, um, at a zero, date, zero rate on their data. So basically, when you go onto that platform, you don't use up your data. Um, so there have been a lot of criticisms around um, that zero rating being uncompetitive and it's um, actually uh, you know, creating a walled garden, not giving pe people um, full access to the Internet, etc. So the, the um, competition question on that is, is it anti-competitive mm. for the mobile operators? No, it's not anti-competitive for the mobile operators because the mobile operators that are entering into these relationships um, uh, are invariably the late entrants who are trying to get market share. The dominant operators across the continent have tended not to enter into these relationships because somebody has to pay for the data. So the mobile operator in that case is paying for that free use of the data. It's not paying Facebook. It's paying the, for the, allowing the customer to use that bit for free. So that's been the controversial thing there. And the argument there is, as I said, on the one hand, a, a, a socioeconomic one, so, so you know, regulating for um, social welfare or consumer welfare, where we've got a lot of evidence to show that these um, free services actually provide gateways to the Internet for the poor. People are able to get access because it is cheap. Um, people are able to use the Internet more effectively because it is so expensive. Um, so they're able to stay online longer and use it more effectively. So there are a lot of reasons why for social um, um, and economic uh, development, one would want to um, allow this kind of innovation. One should also understand these business models. This is a, essentially a marketing strategy. It's not that pervasive as people are concerned about. You know, it's, it's part of various bundled packages that are there, social networking packages, um, you know, dynamic pricing packages, bank-up bundles as you wish packages. So it's just one of the kind of innovations that accompany this very dynamic um, field that we're in. But those are the kind of um, social economic considerations. As I said, there is a competitive situation. And as far as the mobile operators are concerned, that's not a competitive issue. If you look at OTT um, services um, on um, uh, in terms of content, in terms of um, front row on MTN's network, or you know, some, uh, you know, Netflix, for example, running across these other networks, there might be different competition issues. So, because uh, front row and MTN um, have a vertically integrated relationship, there may be competitive issues, and they're dominant in the market, etc. So, one would have to do a case by case um, competition assessment. Um, but then, of course, as you mentioned, there's this actually absolutely critical area of um, regulating the uh, service OTT services in terms of um, uh, safety, security, yeah, security taxation, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, again, no, you can't make an emer emergency call of a um, – uh, a WhatsApp service, um, these kinds of requirements of licensees. Um, but firstly, there, you know, there are lots of um, um, technical ways around this, so that can be addressed if that is, is the, on the only issue. Um, there's, of course, these are alternative services. They don't exist on their own. 
Um, so generally, if you I'm running, you know, a WhatsApp service, you're on a network of some kind, and all those networks have emergency service obligations, which people who've bought the data are entitled to use. So again, from that point of view, there's not. So the the the, the creating a, a a trusted environment, a cyber secure environment, is something that extends beyond OTTs. We have to create that environment, which includes the core principles of creating privacy. You know, so we have our Poppy Act, and know it's not enforced. But, you know, the intention there is to safeguard um, users' um, identities and, and um, information. Um, another important aspect of cybersecurity, which is um, often not um, dis- in our, our kind of discussions, is anonymity, whether you allow people protect, you know, to be anonymous on the web or whether they have to um, be known. That's a very contentious issue, but a very important one, especially in, in sort of repressive regimes, etc. And then, of course, there's the issue of surveillance. Once you set up these um, information systems like we've seen with, with RICA, ineffectual as they might be, is it creates the capacity for, um, you know, ongoing surveillance. Obviously, in South Africa, there's requirements around court orders and things and there's certain protections. Um, but once this happens online and you've got global companies, how do you enforce that? How do you make sure that they comply with, with national regulation? Now, increasingly, many of these companies actually do have representatives in major markets and, and um, South Africa is a major major market in the African context, although we should point out that it's a very small market in their global market. And if um, conditions are made onerous, um, these companies would simply pull out and it would be to the detriment of um, South Africans, South African consumers, South African citizens. Um, so, you know, as I said, a lot of the issues that are used against OTT or, you know, are, are raised in relation to OTT actually f- affect the internet environment as a whole. The dominance of Facebook um, is a is an issue. It's a big global, um, you know, uh, dominant player mm. um, platform. Whether it's zero rated or not is another issue. It's a separate competition issue. The cybersecurity issues are issues that we confront, um, you know, as a country at the moment. There's legislation that's being considered at the moment. Um, it's, it's come under a lot of criticism, um, but it's, you know, it's being entertained. There's consultations going on at the moment. So hopefully those um, uh, concerns will be taken into, into account. But given, you know, how quickly uh, technological advances happen these days, Professor Gilwald, um, you know, isn't this a bit of a futile exercise trying to cry foul over what is happening and how things are developing as opposed to just being more innovative yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's firstly just the question of enforceability, as I've raised. Um, a lot of the things that, you know, people are, are saying um, are simply not enforceable. So recently you've had in Tunisia, for example, the mobile operators um, not clear Certainly, with um, regulatory um, condemnation, they've they've accepted it. They haven't stopped them. The mobile operators um, have uh, all switched off their WhatsApp services together, so they've agreed that they're going to do that. Um, and the regulator interest has has allowed it to happen. Um, this is, um, you know, in the in the social media and certainly in policy and regulatory circles, this has been looked at. Um, I think with some uh, concern and um, particularly around the issues of, of, of innovation, that the actual citizens, the consumers in those um, countries are actually going to be the people who are going to be the victims of, um, of that. Um, so, yes, you know, um, if we had a not very competitive market or if we had a market that was highly collusive, the mobile operators could agree to block these services in certain ways. In fact, both MTN and Vodacom have um, committed not to do so. 
um, until you know there's some decision or whatever. So at the moment, that that is not happening. They obviously are in a position to charge for those services, um, you know, if and when they choose to. Um, uh, well, when I say charge for those mm. services, make sure that they're not um, you know free, etc., on their networks. Um, Cell C has entered into a relationship, you know, embracing this, actually saying, let's um, use our network to enter into a relation with with Free Basics, so that we can drive our our our, our take up um, and try and get some more market share. You'll know that late uh, Cell C was a late entrant. It's kind of got close to 20%, but it's never been able to get bigger with the um, former duopolists, um, the former um, um, dominant mm. players in the market controlling that share. So Cell C has really embraced that. As long as one player plays with these new innovative services, and as I say, because they're paying for that data, it can't go on forever. Um, they will pay as long as people move through that free service and start buying data. If people just stay in that service, it doesn't make business sense for them. And there's a lot of evidence that they don't. People are moving about, according to Facebook, about 50% of people are moving through those free services, if that's their entry point into the internet, onto paying um, services. So these are these are examples of companies that have embraced it. And as long as one embraces it, um, that's that's the competitive edge, and you won't get a shutdown of those services. Um, and certainly the regulators, sorry, second, just one last, mm-hmm. the, reg, the regulators also confirmed that its view at the moment is, is, it is not planning to do anything about regulating these services at the moment. Um, that's what it said in Parliament this week. Is it's waiting and seeing these services are so dynamic. By the time the regulator got to that, not that's not their view, but mine. Um, something else will be there, and you know um, they were, <laughs> they'll be mm. regulating something that's gone. <laughs> yeah, precisely. But also, can the likes of Vodacom and MTN actually afford to shut down these services? Because what sort of backlash are they likely to face? Well, absolutely, and I think that's why their response has been very pragmatic. Um, you know, they unless they can get some kind of sanction for this, um, they are not. They are not going to do it. And I should say, you know, um, there is the, the, this um, dynamic environment with these social networking apps and platforms, and these innovations that are you know happening daily. And um, this is what drives their business. Um, this is the dynamic, you know. Um, offerings that are in the prepaid mobile environment in in, in this country and across the, the continent. So, um, as I said, the, the the real sort of logic, business logic of it is to embrace it. Um, I think we have seen some of the companies, although they're still um, exploiting the opportunity to lobby um, Parliament or the regulator or whatever around their, their voice revenues, and then and the extraordinary investments they've made in those networks, um, they are you know they, they absolutely. I mean, they play in the game. They know that they have to embrace these data services, and you can see even MTN, which was probably the slowest to um, acknowledge this and um, uh, move, you know, very. Um, competitively towards data services is now offering a, you know, a whole set of programs, but the a whole set 